This week on the Tech on Tap podcast, we talk to John Spinks as he fills us in on SnapCenter 2.0. Welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast with Justin Parisi, Glenn Sizemore, and Sully the Monster. I love NetApp. Oh, yeah. Hello and welcome to the Tech on Tap podcast. My name is Justin Parisi. And sitting next to me today is the unflappable Glenn Sizemore. I don't know. I feel like I could be flapped given the right scenario. I think, think, think you were a little flapped today. Yeah, I got I to gotta be honest. I think I'm pretty close to flapped at the moment. The flapping. Yeah. All right. Uh, also with us today on the phone, because I don't know why, but Andrew is here. Hi, Andrew. Hello. And Glenn, I remember when we used to call you getting flapped tilting. Yes. What, what happened to that? Have I have I ever told this story on on, on the podcast? Tilting or kilting? Tilting. Oh. Let's tell it. All right. So so uh, you know how uh, Woody on Around the Horn has got that little chalkboard behind him, right? Well, one of the the, the guys that I worked with uh, bought me one of those boards, and on it he wrote days since tilt. And, and put a big zero on it. And it became an internal joke where I worked, where like every day that I would go a full eight-hour workday without losing my shit on something, um, we would increment the counter. And I think the, the highest the counter got at one point in time was maybe like 20. That's pretty impressive. It was pretty that impressive. That is impressive since we worked with the government. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing you got to remember here. We're dealing with like whole other like biblical levels of, of, of nonsense hoops and red tape. So uh, in some circles, they call that going flip mode. <laughs> well, uh, I just call it being from Boston. That's all I got. <laughs> so Busta Rhymes called yeah. it flip mode? Anyway. All right. Uh, that other voice you heard that you may or may not recognize is none other than John Spinks, the Snap Center master. Hi, John. Hi, guys. Appreciate you having me back. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you, you almost didn't screw it up last time. So we figured we'd give you another try. Nice. Appreciate that. Anytime. Always like to have a good opportunity to screw something up. Hey, anything. Anything for you. All right, John. Um, we brought you here not because we like you, but because you have some news. Um, so if you, could, if you could give it to us straight, don't worry. Don't be sensitive. We can take it. We What's going on with Snap Center? Snap Center 2.0. Oh, it's good news. Yes, good news. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought it was going to be bad news. Uh, really? All I said no. is the release name. I didn't really share any more than that. Okay. Well, tell I heard us the a, good news. I heard a two and a point and an O, so that that that's good news in my mind. Is released. There we go. There's well, the rest of it. Now we're now really? we've got good news. That's incrementing progress. Incrementing progress. No tilt necessary. No no flip mode. I feel like you need to get this podcast back on the rails. Back on the rails. Like so tell us start. a little bit about uh, SnapCenter and what 2.0 brings us. All right. So if you're new to SnapCenter, this is our data protection product that we have, centralized data protection. Uh, think of it for those longtime NetApp folks as the next generation Snap Manager. Our older releases supported SQL Server and Oracle databases, but coming soon, by the time you guys hear this, is our newest release of SnapCenter where we've added some additional functionality. What sort of additional functionality? All right. Biggest thing we've got in 2.0 are, well, we'll start with the UI enhancements. We've got a whole new look and feel to SnapCenter. We've gone back, revisited the interface, looked at some of the uh, core functions, made sure that all of our workflows within the GUI are working end-to-end -end seamlessly so you don't have to leave one wizard and then go into a different wizard to, to complete your task. 
So trying to make sure that that look and feel is nice and solid. Uh, we've also added something that I think is pretty cool, calling it the visual topology map for now. I'm sure we'll add a fun name to it. Uh, Snap map has been uh, proposed because we like mm. to put the name Snap in front of everything. I'm going to uh, go ahead and say no on that one. No, exactly. Yeah, there's not enough but, flexes in Snap map for me. We need uh, Flex Snap Map. Yeah, there you go. We could get it. That's better. But essentially what that does is when you select a database within Snap Center, say you've got an Oracle database or SQL database, you select that database name, it's going to show you a little map. And it will say, for example, I've got 30 databases on my primary storage system. I've got 30 databases or 30 copies on my mirror. And then I have 160 on my vault. So it's going to show you exactly where all of your copies of that database reside. So it's a good way for you to understand how your database is consuming storage. That that actually sounds super awesome, man. A, a little quick visual report to, exactly. to be able to trace where all the data uh, associated with a, a single artifact actually resides. And if you go to that mirror or that vault copy and you select the backups, from there you can click clone or restore, and that will actually initiate the restore or the clone from the secondary location. Hmm. Excellent. Is there a big red X, like a treasure map? No big red X yet, but we're going to continue. Uh, oh, let's see. We'll continue supporting other topologies as well, so that'll continue to be a larger map as we grow more relationships within Snap Center. 50 paces to your Oracle database. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, we're just going to start dynamically generating pirate maps. Um, <laughs> John, I'm curious, did, did we do anything to the back-end server infrastructure and how that works, or is this all just, just UI refinement? We actually did some back-end work as well. Uh, for 1.0 and 1.1 SnapCenter, that back-end database was a SQL Server database. We shipped the product with SQL Express, which we didn't recommend people to use for production because SQL Express has got a size limitation, yeah. there's no HA. So it was of 2.0, we're now shipping it with the MySQL database and that's embedded into the product. Um, right now, it's still a standalone database, so if you want HA, you still use SQL Server, but in a future release, we're going to make that a fully capable HA uh, MySQL database, so you can have it as part of the product. You don't have to go and install and manage a separate database. Very cool. So, SnapCenter 2.0, will we be able to do things like uh, the new AltaVault SnapMirror portion of this? Yes, indeed. Oh. So, along with just some UI changes and the back-end database changes, we've also added some new capabilities. Um, before I get to your point, uh, there are some new plugins I also want to share about as well. Um, our Windows plugin is one we've had for a while. That's existed, for example, for SQL Server. Uh, it's a background component, much like SnapDrive for Windows. But it also allows you to provision disks, resize disks, uh, create iSCSI initiators or iGroups. But starting with this 2.0 release, we'll also be able to access all of the Windows LUNs on a host. And you'll be able to protect those, back them up, and clone them just like you can a database. So any of your Windows LUNs, you can protect them centrally through SnapCenter. So think of that as in SnapDrive, if you ever right-clicked on a Windows LUN and created a snapshot. Same thing, except now you can do it on a schedule. You can see a list of all your LUNs through the interface. And I assume that that's just uh, integrated with the file system from, from, a, from a quiescent standpoint when we, when we flush those. You know, it's, it's only going to work with, with just like NTFS file systems. It's not going to work with like Hyper-V and that sort of stuff. It's integrated with the file systems. It'll actually work on VMDKs if you're, inter if you're integrated with, um, if you're using VMDKs and you're integrated with VSC, the Virtual Storage Console. 
or our new plugin for VMware. So there's also a Snap Center plugin for VMware. Cool. And more to that next point, the Snap Center plugin for VMware, this is a new plugin. It's there for one single purpose in this release, and that's to manage databases that are on VMDKs or file systems that are on VMDKs. It does not yet manage virtual machines by itself. So if you want to back up virtual machines, you want to continue integrating with the virtual storage console backup and recovery. But if you're just interested in virtualized databases, you can use our Snap Center plugin for VMware. It's a native part, so you would no longer need to rely on a separate NetApp product. It's an integrated part of the Snap Center product. So what about existing customers running 1.1 with the VSC integration today who want to take advantage of some of that enhancement? Can, can we handle a, a duality mode where it's still connected to VSC, but then we create a new job that's using the native integration? So the existing VSC already has all of that capability. So if you're already using VSC for the 2.0 release, I would absolutely recommend you stay with that VSC integration. Um, but if you're new to Snap Center, if you're not using VSC, but you have some databases that are on VMDKs, RDM LUNs, NFS data stores, you can use the Snap Center VMware plugin instead of your uh, VSC integration. Okay, cool. And, and, and are, are, is the team's plan there to eventually just, just move all that integration into the native VMware module? It's more of a roadmap discussion. I don't think we can really have it on the podcast forum. That's fair. But for those yeah, of you that fair. are listening, if you're curious about that topic, please engage with your account reps, and we can absolutely answer that question for you. Man, he got that. He's Yo, like, do you see that just boom. now? Did Drop the blink. hammer on the Sizemore. <laughs> he said, did. That's a roadmap. To, he roadmapped you. Yeah. No. You know what though? He did, a, he did a fabulous job of uh, not making something up and telling me when he couldn't answer a question. So I, I, I will take my hat off and say thank you. <laughs> I would love to answer the question directly. Well done. I'm, I'm impressed. He'll, he'll answer it later when we're not on the podcast. So That's what right. about the upgrade path? Like if I'm going from 1.0 to 2.0, how easy is that for me to go from 1 to 2? Essentially, for 1.2, you have a couple options because there is a database change. Since there's that database change from SQL Server to MySQL, you can install net new. If you're installing net new, then you're just using MySQL database. If you're already running Snap Center and you upgrade to Snap Center 2.0, you're going to stick with that SQL database for now. So we don't have to manage database migration or anything of that nature. So the upgrade path itself right now is pretty simple. Long term, if you want to go to the MySQL database, we will be offering a migration mechanism in a future release. So we're kicking the can down the road. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, at least we don't have to make it disruptive uh, for now. And, and once we figure out a way to do it non-disruptively, I'm assuming we'll go ahead and offer that. To you me. got it. Yeah, that's, that's, that's just work, right? It's not like we've got to go invent something. Doing a transform from a, a traditional MS SQL table into a MySQL table is... It, it's just work that needs to get done and QA'd and make sure that nothing's going to ever break ever. Yeah, SQL ever. to MySQL is not a major change yeah. as far as the migration mechanism, but it's more making sure that uh, that underlying database, uh, I think we want to make sure it's really HA capable before we encourage mass migration to MySQL. Makes it's, sense. It's not as easy as just adding my to the beginning of it. To everything? That's no, what I did for my docs. Hard coding my to everything? No, I think you put a lowercase v in front of it. I think that's oh, how you do it. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Nice. All right, anything right. else that's new yeah. and improved? The other plugins, uh, there's one more capability. It's not really a plugin. Um, some of you may be familiar with Snap Creator. Uh, Snap Creator Framework something we've had around NetApp for a while. But in this new release of Snap Center, we are now supporting custom plugins. And that's much of the same capability that Snap Creator offers. Meaning that if you have a custom database and you don't have a Snap Manager or you're not protecting it with Snap Creator, 
you can write your own plugin for Snap Center. You can write that once, upload it into Snap Center, and then push it out to all of your hosts running that database. And as a sample, we'll be shipping Snap Center 2.0 with community-based plugins for DB2 and MySQL. So we'll have those as examples. We'll also have a developer's guide so you can see how to create your own plugin with Snap Center. That's awesome, man. I know that, uh, that that's a long time coming for you personally because you were you were there with the original core team for the Snap Creator guys. Yeah, I've been in the Snap Creator space for a long time, so this is a capability we're definitely excited about. Uh, should be really interesting to see what people do with this custom plugin capability. How does the custom plugin capability differ from what we had in Snap Creator? More or less, can someone take their existing plugin and just copy and paste it, or, or is it, they're going to have to redo it? The funny thing is, is the existing, the DB2 and the MySQL plugins that we're going to be using for Snap Center are the Snap Creator plugins. There's one minor difference, and that's essentially you have to create a descriptor file. This is an XML file that just tells Snap Center mm. details about the plugin. Things okay. like, what is, you know, what's its name, yeah. what's its purpose, what's its version, and we actually support versioning of it. So you can create a, uh, call it CouchDB plugin 1.0, and then a 1.1. And you'd see both plugins available in SnapCenter to deploy to hosts. So uh, are, what, uh, are we shipping any, any plugins in the box? Or? It's not part of the installer, but they'll be on the NetApp tool chest, I believe, is where we're putting them, the uh, MySQL plugin and DB2 plugin. Uh, these are considered community plugins, meaning they're not fully supported by NetApp. Uh, but again, they're those Snap Creator plugins that we've had customers using for years. So they're very well tested. Uh, but they're just not in the official support path. Getting back into DB2, I see. IBM never leaves. I still be <laughs> bleed big blue. Uh, it's a it's a NetApp logo right now, but I've still got the uh, the IBM blueness in me. All right. So, and then the other thing, uh, Justin alluded to it earlier, but we have this new capability within uh, NetApp as a whole, and that's the capability of mirroring from ONTAP out to AltaVault. Okay. The solution is called the Data Fabric Solution for Cloud Backups because we love our long name. So that's the official marketing name. But essentially what this means is if you have a uh, NAS file share, so that's SIFS, that's NFS, and that's on an ONTAP system, you can send that from your ONTAP system to a secondary system, still ONTAP, and then onto AltaVault. And that's going to allow you to, to keep a very large number of snapshots. The number eludes me at the moment, but snapshots, uh, AltaVault snapshot limit is like 30-some thousand. It's ridiculously large. And that's going to allow you to do long-term retention on an AltaVault system. So that's an, a NAS file share from ONTAP to AltaVault or ONTAP to ONTAP to AltaVault. I'm curious... Um what kind of controls are available in, in, in tearing that off? Can we, can we get into the whole you know, child, father, grandfather type scenarios of, of keeping you know, X amount of snapshots in the local system, Y amount replicated to the remote, and then everything else tiered off? And, and what does that look like inside SnapCenter? It's all essentially policy-based. And notice to this point, I haven't mentioned SnapCenter as far as that capability. Yeah. Because that core capability is an ONTAP integration. So it's an ONTAP feature, not necessarily a SnapCenter feature. Where SnapCenter takes it to the next level is SnapCenter actually will expose this to you uh, through policy-based controls, much like you're talking about. So we can have policies within SnapCenter itself to control this behavior. SnapCenter can also 
through native integration with API services. That's API services embedded as part of Snap Center, so you don't have to set up a separate API services host. We can create those relationships for you. So if there's not already that secondary relationship, Snap Center can create it. API services is baked in Snap Center? As of the 2.0 release, it's in the background. You'll never know it's there unless you listen to this podcast. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. So in the background, what that's going to allow us to do is create those relationships. Yeah. Now think about that, really. For the first time, we can create a secondary relationship without you manually having to go out to the ONTAP CLI or to System Manager, create a volume, create a protection policy. We're doing that all for you as part of Snap Center. And in addition to that, we have a file catalog. Specific for this purpose, again, NAS file systems from ONTAP to AltaVault complete with the file catalog. So that means in our test, I think we're now somewhere around 5 billion files in our index. And we're getting results in under a second. So you can have uh, 5 billion files out there, search, narrow it down to a single file, and then restore that back. That's pretty cool. You know what's great about this is you have your very own API services, TME, Andrew Sullivan to deal with this. <laughs> Sweet, Andrew. You're going to be the API services guy for me. Nice. That's 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 not funny. We actually do have an API services DME. Yes, we do. Yeah, you. Right? Nope, no, we have another no. one. No, we do have an API services DME. She's uh, quite good, too. Oh, I, I don't doubt it, but de facto. You're our API services DME, Andrew, even if you're not the API services DME. Fair enough. All right. And speaking of API, they got one one change for you there, Andrew. Uh, starting in the 2.0 release, you know, we've always had APIs in Snap Center, but they've never been really well, what's the word, documented. Um, not really been very well documented before. So as of 2.0, we're exposing those APIs to you via Swagger. Interesting. So mm. That's going to make it a lot easier for you to consume those APIs and access I, them. I only have one one question for you, John. Can we make sure that the Swagger definition matches the API so that CodeGen will actually work with it? I certainly hope that's the case, but I've not used it myself yet. <laughs> here, here, let me answer for John. Yes. <laughs> Roadmap. Can we, is the question, can we make sure or is it? If it's is it, I don't know yet. Uh, can, we, can we make sure? We can make sure. Thank you, API Services, TME, Andrew Sullivan. <laughs> See, you, you, you throw sh shade, and then you ask relevant questions, Andrew. This is why we... <laughs> you know, if the shoe fits, that's all I got. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was not a denigration. It was a tribute. <laughs> all right, what yeah. else you got, John? Well, that's a pretty good list of capabilities there. Uh, I do want to talk for a moment about the release date, because I mentioned that by the time you guys are hearing this podcast, it should be out. But we, we had this little marketing event called uh, Insight a couple months back, and I presented a few uh, Snap Center sessions there. And for any listeners that were an attendee of one of my sessions in the U.S., you might have heard me say that the release date was by the end of the year 2016. And obviously, since this is now January, uh, we did not make that date. So... My apologies for that. For those of you that uh, were wondering why this has been a little bit longer uh, to get into your hands, we had a few last-minute change requests. It was the right thing to do for the product and for our users, so we did delay it a little bit and uh, push it from end of December to end of January. So sorry for the little bit of delay there, but hopefully uh, you guys will get your hands on some Snap Center 2.0 goodness here shortly. You're such a stand-up guy, man. I would have just glossed right over that. 
No. A 30-day thir- slip for the right reasons, pe- people don't even look at that. They don't even pay attention. Bugs me. Uh, <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. You made a commitment, and you guys had to back out a little bit. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, it's not... It's wasn't actually a commitment. I, sh- I shouldn't use that word. Nope. <laughs> well, we Do you have a fear of commitment, Glenn? No, it's just that in this business, that, that word is it means a very specific thing, right? Well, it does. It's, it's binding. Well, for any of those people that attended my session, you should remember that I stopped at that yeah. second slide in the deck and told everybody that the slide really matters because things are subject to change, especially when you're talking about a non-release product. So, totally. Um, we had hoped to get it out by the end of the year. You said like a 30-day slip, but... Um, hopefully we're ready to knock it out of the park and let you guys enjoy Snap Center. I mean, the team's been been up and running for two years now? Yeah, about two years. Our first release was August of 2015. Yeah. I mean, you, you've, you've been pretty consistent in your cadence throughout this entire project. I mean, as, as a consumer you know, in, in the field, I've just come to rely, like every six, six-ish months, I'm going to get a Snap Center yep. drop, and, and, and thus far, you guys have honored your, your roadmap about porting the snap managers and, and getting that back catalog into the snap center framework yeah which that's one of the new uh talking about snap manager on the sql side that's another change that we put in is in uh 1.1 for sql we had a uh, migration capability of moving a database from netapp to netapp and uh, it's the it's yeah. not migration from snap manager to snap center it's migration of databases and where they're currently residing from location a to location b in 1.1 that was a command line only type of thing that was only available through PowerShell. But in the 2.0 release, we've actually baked that entirely into the UI. So now there's a migration wizard, much like there was with the older Snap Manager. So there are a few of those gaps that are still running around, but we're trying to close those, you know, more and more of them with every release and make uh, Snap Center the product you want to use. Hey, for what it's worth, man, you know that, that, that my opinion is that's the way to do it, right? Build the functionality in the APIs, and then once you get that right, then go build the GUI that makes it easy for people to consume. That's it. Speaking of consume, since you were late with the product, do we get a pizza? Is that, is that how this works? Do you get a pizza or do all I mean, the listeners I, get a pizza? I was promised a pizza if you're not 30 days within your release date. You're confusing Snap Center with Domino's. Oh, yeah. Okay. Darn. <laughs> it happens sometimes. Just, it's okay, John. Just order, just call up Alexa and order a pizza. You're good. <laughs> and I'll get 60 pizzas. No! Thanks, Alexa. Did you guys hear about that, the Alexa thing? Oh, yeah, yes. there's some uh, Amazon ad where they were ordering their own stuff. Yeah, and it became like an inception, like an Alexa inception where it just kept ordering other things. through. Yeah, it was, that's pretty funny. Yeah, as someone who has an Alexa within shouting range of a television, they shouldn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Turn off the voice purchasing or add a pen. Absolutely. Ah, absolutely. All right, John, anything else? That's the meat of it, guys. We got a lot of new features into this release, so any particular questions that you... Want to delve on? So, John, how free is it? <laughs> so, as far as SnapSitter goes, the existing releases, the 1.0 and the 1.1, those use the traditional Snap Manager licenses, the ones that have been around for a long time. So, Snap Manager, Snap Drive. There is going to be a change in SnapCenter 2.0, though, as far as licensing goes. Uh, we are creating a SnapCenter-centric license. So, this is going to be included as part of the bre- premium bundle. So, for any customer buying the premium bundle, you'll already have the license, so no big deal for most of the workloads. But it does get a little tricky because we're adding a SnapCenter advanced license as well. And that advanced license is for the AltaVault with file catalog use cases. Those tend to be more cloud-centric, where we're talking on tap cloud, on tap select. So the advanced license will be a capacity-based license. 
for the initial release of 2.0, that is going to be a $0 license, though. Very cool. Is, is uh, transferring those licenses, is that disruptive or is that non-disruptive? There should be no transfer necessary at all because um, if you already have that premium bundle, then you'll have the license, and that's all done on the uh, controller side. There's actually in 2.0 no enforcement of the licensing. That will actually come later. I actually asked that question for the specific reason because I get asked that kind of stuff all the time. Yep. I knew the answer. I just wanted <laughs> you to say it. Uh, people ask that. Yeah. Totally. A lot. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess that makes sense. You know, just just uh, make a change in the licensing model, give everybody plenty, lots of runway to, to understand what that looks like, and then at a later date we can actually flip those switches. You got it. Um, along those lines, uh, what about uh, one of the things we asked you about last time you were on the show is RBAC capabilities. Uh, any enhancements there? Yeah. So the role-based access control, it's been around since the, the very beginning, but RBAC by itself is oftentimes confusing to use. It's always complicated to try to figure out a yeah. role and assigning all the proper capabilities and dealing with individual users versus groups. So we've actually done a lot of work on RBAC to improve uh, the usability of it. The capabilities are the same, but we're improving the usability, making it easier to have groups of people have access to all the same items within Snap Center itself. So um, again, this is more of a usability, lessening any kind of frustration that may exist and giving a better user experience. I'm curious, how does that handle um, delegated access to the artifacts that are being managed? You know, like so. So, for instance, um, is it is it just at, at the application level? So, you know, if I have permission to the SQL Server, then obviously, you know, I have permission to manage all of the storage entities that I may need to manage in order to 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 control that data lifecycle for that SQL Server, or is it a, a more explicit configuration of? Glenn has permission to these SVMs in that SQL server, so therefore he can control this. But that SQL server also has another SVM that I don't have access to, so therefore I, don't, I can't access those elements. Yeah, so we break our back down into two pieces. There are roles, and there are what we're calling Snap Center assets. And the assets are the individual items you would have access to. So you, Glenn, if you're a storage admin, we would give you a role, the appropriate role, with all the correct capability, so you would be able to create connections to storage systems, modify them, delete them, but not necessarily have any access to SQL or Oracle plugins. So you can create a connection to the storage system. But but that, that, but that said, can, can I whitelist which storage systems an individual user can access, or, is, or am I just creating more, more granular definitions of, of responsibility? Yeah, so Snap Center works at the SVM level, not the cluster level. So you would need to add access to the SVMs. And then we've got Justin. Say Justin's my SQL DBA. So Justin's got access to the system. You, as the storage admin, could give Justin access to only the SQL SVMs. Okay. And if Andrew's your Oracle DBA, then you give Oracle the Oracle DBA, Andrew, just the Oracle SVMs. So you can create them. You can add the connection. Justin and Andrew can just consume them. They don't necessarily need to know the uh, host name, the password, the username, nothing like that. They just consume that because you have assigned it to them. That's fantastic, man. Yeah. That's, and that that's... goes to the host level, the plugin level, um, what we call run as accounts, which is basically you're logged into Snap Center as a AD user, but maybe you need to run the permission as an Oracle user. So mm -hmm. you can actually add what we call a run as account. That's an that's an Oracle account. So you can assign those as well out to different users of Snap Center. So you can get fairly granular, granular with it. 
Yeah, that's 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 awesome. Um, you know that that that's absolutely where I was hoping you were going yeah. to answer that question uh, because in this space in particular, I know that 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 in our larger accounts, we very quickly start to find ourselves in in these very you know, in the middle of very complex conversations, you know, around trust and, and who has access to what and how we can guarantee that those boundaries aren't, ba- aren't, aren't going to be broken for any reasons. Exactly. All right. So if you're interested in more about Snap Center, we actually have two other episodes on that. There was episode nine where we introduced the centralized data protection with Snap Center. I believe you were on that as well, John. Indeed. And episode 14, or I'm sorry, not scratch that. <clears throat> in episode 32, uh, Snap Center 1.1. Uh, we actually covered the 1.1 release, and now this is the update to that. The 2.0 release for Snap Center. Um, I can, I guess you'd expect another update to that within six months to a year on the cadence, right? So uh, we'll be sure to welcome you in uh, for that as well, John. Um, you, you didn't screw up too badly this time. I appreciate it. And thanks, guys, for having me back. And for all the listeners, hope you're interested and ready to use Snap Center. I've seen quite a few people on social media looking for the newest code. And uh, have, yeah, happy been, to get in their hands. They've been chomping at the bits for it. So um, if they wanted to reach you on social media or anywhere, how do we get in touch with you? On Twitter, at JB Spinks. All right, that music tells me it's time to go. If you'd like to get in touch with us, send us an email to podcast at netup.com or send us a tweet at netup. As always, if you'd like to subscribe, find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher or via techontappodcast.com. If you like the show today, leave us a review. On behalf of the entire Tech on Tech podcast team, I'd like to thank Mr. John Spinks, Mr. Snap Center, for joining us this week. And as always, thanks for listening. What's up, man? Uh, live demos, man. Yeah. Yeah, you, you and Never Kelsey Hightower. do a live demo. Actually, uh, Kelsey's good at it. I'm terrible at it. No, it, it's... Live demos break. You you, you you go into live demos just going, okay, just this could blow up. I'm convinced that some customers want to see it break. They're just that they don't believe it's true until it breaks. I'm convinced they're masochists and they want to see you squirm. Well that's true too. <laughs>